This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to talk about the thing that so many people kind of overlook, but you absolutely positively need this in order to be successful. And that's managing your money, making sure you know what's going on. And in many cases, actually having a financial officer or person who is helping you out. So please join me in welcoming Jim Downs to our program today. Welcome, Jim. Good morning, Deb. And thank you for having me on your program. I'm really excited to be here. Great, great. All the way from sunny California. I shared with you that we were expecting snow, so I'm very jealous. Um, Let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this. So Jim Downs is a fractional chief financial officer and forward-looking strategist. He is the founder of Blueprint CFO, a future-focused CFO and accounting services firm based in Orange County, California. By holding clients accountable to their growth goals, Jim and his team provide a competitive advantage over typical CFOs by leveraging data to create a profitability roadmap for success. So again, Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I always like to have my clients tell us, or my clients, my guests, tell us about how it is that they got to where they are today. So you've always been kind of that financial geek looking through your profile on LinkedIn, but tell us how it is that you got to where you are and how you discovered that this really is your passion in life. Um, So I started my career in Detroit, Michigan uh, a long time ago as a CPA. And I was a CPA with a CPA firm for 11 years or so, Mm -hmm. working with a number of different companies um, primarily, though, as a CPA, I was doing tax returns for them and tax planning mm-hmm. and also uh, reviewing their financial statements at the end of the year and, and telling uh, the bank whether they were correct or not. Mm-hmm. And one year, uh, one of my clients said, OK, Jim, you know, you've been our financial CPA for years. Uh, you know, what do you think we should do different next year? 
And I didn't really know because I really didn't know much about their company. Uh, because when you're a CPA, you're really just uh, looking at the year-end results and mm-hmm. identifying if they look they were like they were correct and mm-hmm. putting your name on it that says right. you've looked at this and mm-hmm. it looks right. But you really don't de- get into the details of how, you know, who the customers are and what the products are and how much you price the products for and what kind of margins the project products or services uh, generate. Uh, but you don't get into the, how the people are being compensated. Mm-hmm. So there's all these things that are going on in a business that a CPA just doesn't have time right. to, to get into. Mm-hmm. So I decided that um, I was going to, stop being a CPA and become a consultant. And I started my fractional CFO practice in, in Michigan mm-hmm. uh, in 1990, roughly. And uh, so that started me down the path of working with business owners to help them look at their financial data and make sense of it, mm-hmm. number one, and then think about how whatever the result is today, what how could we make that result better in the future? Mm-hmm. And so that's really the, the what we call the blueprint CFO. They're, we're looking at the data and answering the question, what should we do different next mm-hmm. year, Jim, that, that my client asked me that I didn't know how to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all, it all comes from the numbers because there's a lot of data that's sitting there that the um, owners or entrepreneurs typically can't get their arms around because they're not trained accountants right. like we are. And we're able to take that data and make it, make it into a trend line or a chart or a graph that shows them, you know, something really specific that's mm-hmm. going on in their business that they need to attend to. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so many times I think as business owners, we get so caught up in just the day-to-day running of our businesses that we don't even think about planning for the future. I mean, you know, we we know, okay, we have to have marketing goals um, and, you know, and, and things like that, but we really don't think about from a financial perspective, how we get from A to B to C, um, you know. So, kind of talk to us a little bit about that. So, yes, yeah, you're you're very right on. Um, say a couple of different things. One is quite commonly, and I just got off the phone with a, a client who I think is going to sign up with us um, mm-hmm. this morning, and he's he's grown his company up to a certain point. They'll mm-hmm. probably do around um, seven million in sales this year or something like that. But he said when they started, his wife uh, was. The, we took on the role of the bookkeeper, even though she had no accounting training. Right, but she could and she's add. Been doing the books. <laughs> yeah, she's been doing the books, you know, for most of the years. And then recently, they just hired a bookkeeper, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she's doing whatever she's doing. But um, you, when you start out, you you don't have a lot of money, so obviously, if you can do your accounting yourself, I guess that's right. okay. But you know, there's there's even data in a small company that can be data mined and identified, you know, in terms of what's going on in the business that you don't really realize because you're not looking at the data. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very important um, to, you know, another another um, aspect of that is, you know, typically the client or the client is getting a, a financial statement every month, which is a balance sheet and income mm-hmm. statement. And um, that you know, so the balance sheet is basically saying how, how what's the stability of the company? Mm-hmm. Does it have a lot of assets compared to its liabilities? And the income statement is saying you know, did you make money in that right. period that you're looking at? Mm-hmm. But if the books aren't being done correctly, then it's all a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. And so now, <laughs> number one, you're not a trained accountant, and you're not used to reading a, a balance sheet or income statement. You have no idea what that what that even means because mm-hmm. you're not an accountant. Right. But then secondly. 
if you're if it's not being done correctly, which is if you're doing it yourself, it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, a bunch of numbers that don't make any sense. Right. <laughs> so now, you know, I equate it to, um, you know, you're you're getting ready to go on an airplane trip, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you get on the plane, and the pilot comes along and says to you, you know, hey, uh, we have a little problem. Our our all of our instrumentation went out, and we don't really have any instruments. But you know, we're still going to fly from we're here to go. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Would you would you stay on that plane? Probably not. Uh, probably not. This guy's no. But most business owners run their business without getting data that makes any sense. You know, they they just do everything based on their gut instinct and rely heavily on how much cash they have in the bank, mm-hmm. which could be totally misleading. Right. You know, there's many many companies that bill ahead on projects and get cash up front. And so if you have a lot of cash in your bank account, it may be, you may owe that money back to the customer unless you, until you deliver a product right. or service. So, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at your cash balance isn't really um, a, the true barometer of whether your company's making money or not. Right. Yeah. I remember a cartoon. I was a little girl and, and my grandma had this, she had a book of cartoons and she had this one that my mother took and put on my dorm room wall. I remember this. And, and it said, but I can't possibly be overdrawn. I still have checks. And, you know, I think that's the way you know, we, we don't understand the concept, right? You know, well, I still have, you know, a lot of people don't even know what checks are nowadays, but you know, that, that's the yeah, concept is, yeah. you know, I have money in the bank, so I must be okay. And, but you know, it's that whole, do I even have money in the bank type of thing? You know, it might be there, but is it really there? Like you said, it might be owed to other things. You might have, you know, well, you may have, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you may have money in the bank, but there could be checks you wrote that haven't cleared the bank right. yet. That mm-hmm. when they clear, you won't have any money in the right, bank. Right. You know, so you know, and, and obviously things like salary and taxes and, and all of those things. Exactly. You know, and it's, we, you know, yeah, you know, we, people, we, we just don't know how to read those numbers. Yeah, so we, we practice what we call future-based accounting, which is, okay. I just wrote a, a chapter of a book about this. Ah. And it's, you know, because most accountants are really historians. They're they're documenting how the company did in, mm-hmm. you know, right now we're in January. How did you do in December? Mm-hmm. And they stop right there. You know, mm-hmm. here's, your, here's your financial statement. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll see you next month when I do the January financial mm-hmm. statement. But that the starting point is how did we do in December? But how can we do better in January and February? That's what, that's what we do. Right. You know, it's taking those numbers and saying that's that's the benchmark of mm-hmm. you know performance. But how can we make that better? And mm-hmm. I think that's a unique thing that uh, most accountants don't do. They're they're just they're in a big hurry, like they're like I was as a CPA, just to get the numbers done mm-hmm. and and document the the historical periods without really thinking about the future in terms of what what could be different. Right. Well, and the CPA. Is, is really just given the line items. You know, they don't know what goes into everything. Um, you know, for salaries would be a good example. You know, they, they might know that you've, they might not even know how many employees you've got, but, you know, maybe they know, okay, you've got five, but they have no idea, you know, based on industry, is that good? You know, are you paying commission? All of those things. They just see that number. Exactly. And they don't, by the way, they don't know what those people do. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? They just know, hey, you've got five people. Do they really, do you really, you know, normally it's not five people. It's like, say, 50. Well, 
do you need all those 50 people? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what does each person contribute to the profitability of the company? That's an important thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the number one area that we focus on in looking at um, what we call key performance indicators that mm-hmm. clients should be paying attention to is labor productivity. Mm-hmm. Because you have all these people coming to work every day and how much revenue are you generating per labor hour? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that should be going up over time. You should be generating more labor, more revenue per labor hour if you're becoming more efficient. Right. But if you're generating less revenue per labor hour, that means you're you're, lo- you're losing efficiency because you used to be able to create more revenue per labor hour in the past. Mm-hmm. So you need to be looking at what people are doing because you're wasting money somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think probably a lot of this is why about two years ago, a lot of people looked at their books and went, oh, crud, <laughs> you know, because that was when COVID hit. And, you know, and, and I still laugh over the fact that everybody said, oh, it'll be two weeks. And, you know, I don't, it was there really anybody that thought this is going to take we two weeks. We all hoped it was two weeks. It's <laughs> been two years. Yeah. You know, and, and, but I think, you know, the, the, it really was that wake up call to so many businesses as to a whether they could survive. I mean, some of them couldn't even make it those two weeks, um, you know, and, and, but then when it was two months, when it was one year, when it's, you know, we're, we're just about to go past the two year point, you know, and, and that was where I think so many people realized they did not know what they, what the heck they were doing from a financial perspective. hundred percent. I mean, you just said you're, you're, you're saying what I would say, you know, mm-hmm. so it all comes back to having a plan. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the blueprint, having a plan. I've worked with hundreds of companies and they're, they're um, not big companies. They're, you know, they're 5 million, 10 million, sometimes 1 million in sales. But it, universally, they didn't have a plan. They, they came to work every day. They might have some kind of budget, which, you know, that's a whole different topic, but a budget isn't really do getting you where you need to go in terms of planning right because a plan should include you know we're going to watch these new products or we're going to do less of this kind of work and more of this kind of work and we're going to get you know we're going to become more efficient because we bought this new machine that that needs to be incorporated into your plan mm-hmm. so you can identify into your budget so you can identify whether your plan is working or not mm-hmm. um I, years ago i took a course and it was called strategic budgeting and um I learned so much about that because it said, you know, you, you can't do a, a budget unless you have a strat, a strategic plan documented. Right. Because how, how else do you know how to budget? But most people do their budget based on what they spent last year, which mm-hmm. is totally crazy. Yeah. Because I spent $100 you know, on this. I'll spend 120 this year. Yeah. I, I have a client right now. They spend um, on average $70,000 a month on sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And their sales went up last year, 400000 for the whole year. Ooh. So mm-hmm. they're spent 70,000 times 12 months is 800,000 mm-hmm. to get $400,000 of new business. Mm-hmm. And, but at the end of the day, they're, they're making money. If you look at the bottom line, they're right. making money. So they, mm-hmm. they think it's, it's fine. But when I look at it, I go, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but they, the reason it got there because over time they just kept adding more money to the sales and marketing and more money to their support team. And, and, you know, it isn't being based on any, any real strategy. It's just being based on what they spent last year and right. they just spend the same amount. Mm-hmm. Well, so and a lot really of times re- yeah, they think we're yeah. going to add another person that that'll solve the problem. We'll just add another person. Yeah. They, well, they, they do that. That's what they say. Well, our sales are, we, we project this, this client actually was doing this. They were projecting their sales were going to go up 15% next year, mm-hmm. let's say. 
which is another 500,000. So they're saying we're going to hire one more salesperson and one more. But mm -hmm. I think you need to look at the efficiency of the current team and say, how right. can we how can we do more with less mm -hmm. less people? Because, you know, this is this. Does, mm -hmm. If you look at it, we, we do a benchmark analysis. You can get um, we're subscribed to a system where people apply for loans at banks and they submit their financial data hmm. and it's all organized by SIC code, which I don't remember what SIC means, but it's standard industry category. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Category. So, I think the C was category, but category. Yes. So we can do an analysis of your company. Let's say it's a company that uh, is a manufacturing company mm -hmm. of some sort. We can do a, you know, a, uh, a benchmark to compare whether your company performs it, 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 like the average company in your industry mm -hmm. SIC code. Mm -hmm. Like and it goes back one year, two years, three years. So you can actually look at you know last year because because of COVID. Right. <laughs> yeah. COVID just really, we're all going to have little yeah, asterisks, you, right? <laughs> most people throw 2020 out as a year that we can't use as for any kind of planning because of because COVID mm -hmm. you know just made it all different. But um, you know it's important to to understand that because you might find that the average company in your SIC code spends about 20 percent of their budget on sales and marketing, and you're spending 30. Mm -hmm. Or you know, they, they you may find that the average company gets a forty percent margin on their product, and you're getting thirty. Mm -hmm. So you're doing something wrong because you're not right. even getting what the average is. Mm -hmm. You want to be above average, right? Yes, and and that's where you need to sit down and figure out why you know, and 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 you know, and I think that it you know it's it it is hard to to do that, and and it's very hard to do it when you're in the trenches. You know, like we said, you know, you don't see those bigger numbers. I mean, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to add another employee. His salary is going to be a hundred grand a year, and we think he's going to bring us two hundred. But there's a lot of other things that go with that, also. Um, you know that you know, and 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 I think that's sometimes where people forget is okay. Well, now we've got additional workers' comp, we've got additional supplies, you know, whatever it is that that you've got for that person. And so your expenses for him might wipe out that 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 money that he's supposed to be bringing in, or she. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I mean, that's a good point. Most people think of the salary as the cost, but there's all these other ancillary costs: mm -hmm. healthcare, four hundred one k, workers' comp, payroll taxes. It just and it goes on and on. So you may find it's you know the base plus twenty percent or something like that. Each right. each company's. Different, mm -hmm. especially in California, because our our taxes are through the roof here. Mm -hmm. right. You really need to be on top of that because mm -hmm. it's, it's well, you know, and, and expensive. then then we're going to add in a, a a little fluke that I think is is it's not a fluke any longer. I think it's ongoing. Uh, I interviewed someone several several months ago who is an employment attorney, and she was talking about the fact that now that we have people who are working in other states and even other countries. That makes things very complicated because you have to be paying taxes for those people in those states. Um, you know, all of these various things, maybe, maybe they're in a, another country. So, you know, what, what goes into that? And, and yeah, I mean, all those expenses really start adding up pretty quickly. And if you're not on top of it, you're in the hole. Right. You're, you're singing from my songbook, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew, yeah, we're, we're One of our little taglines is, if, if, if you don't know your numbers, how do you know your company? You know, right. so how, how do you run your company if you don't know the numbers? And what you're talking about are the numbers. All these things that we're talking about are, are mm -hmm. examples of, you know, those are things that 
that the owner needs to know right. in order to make an informed decision. And but that's where the, a strong accounting department or a CFO can be instrumental, right. because now you now you know the date you have the data to make a, a sound business decision. If not, you're going to hire somebody or if you're going to add a certain product line or, um, you know, I had a client a few years ago and they they were a plastics company. I mean, you mind me telling a story, Deb? Uh, little story. Go ahead. So mm-hmm. You're a plastics company, and the owner had. Um, in, invested in a machine that would take um, old carpet and melt it down and make it back into nylon pellets. Oh, mm-hmm. And he spent, he invested about a million and a half dollars and set this machine up in a factory in California here and was running it. And um, so I went out to, uh, I was hired to help him uh, be his CFO. And the company was making money, uh, but he had never taken the um, costs of that operation of doing that um that recycling and separated out from the rest of his company to see whether it was profitable or mm-hmm. not. And when I ran the, when I did an analysis and I took out the electrical costs and the mm-hmm. overhead and um, maintenance, all kinds of stuff. Um, I found that we, on the average, he was losing about a thousand hours a day running that machine. Oh, and, <laughs> and when I brought him as numbers, he goes, you know, James, what? You know, call me James. James, you know, I, this can't be. And I'm like, well, I said his name was Oren. Oren, mm-hmm. when you bought this machine, did you any do any kind of analysis before? And he said, no, I just thought it would be cool. <laughs> yeah, he said, I saw some guy was doing it. I thought it was a great idea. And I know there's like a lot of car, extra carpet mm-hmm. in California. So I decided to do it. And he never really had a business plan. Right. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And so within... Um, couple of months, we tried to figure out how ways to generate more revenue or be more efficient with the labor, but we just never got to the point where it could make money. So he shut it down. He, so he wasted a million bucks of you know investment, basically. Right. Right. Now, what is a fractional CFO? Uh, good question. So, um, I mean, I'm biased, right? But I believe every company, whether you're a startup or a small company, we work with a lot of small companies, you know, which you would think, why do they need a CFO? But uh, um, if, if you need somebody to help you manage your, your numbers okay. and it's, it goes beyond what a bookkeeper can do. A bookkeeper is great. They're, they're going to pay your bills and mm-hmm. pay your payroll and, you know, send out your invoices, but they're really not a um, business expert right. in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there could be exceptions to that. So we're really a consulting. We're a consultant. We, mm-hmm. We're consulting with companies because we've worked with a lot of companies mm-hmm. in, in, the, in, our, in our experience, and we've been there and done that. But we also are working currently with, say, 30 or 40 companies that within Blueprint. So we, we know all the things that people are doing to save money, not pay as much in taxes, get tax credits, get PPP loans. And so we bring all of that expertise to the business owner at a fraction of the cost of what it would cost to hire a full-time person. Mm-hmm. So um, typically, on average, we might be working 10 to 20 hours a month with a client okay. because they don't really need a full-time person, mm-hmm. but they could use that. They ben- need the they fraction the of a person. Yeah, so they get a fraction of a person. Mm-hmm. And um, so in a lot of ways, the, the cost 
is offset by the, the savings that right. we generate through mm-hmm. being smarter about how we do business. Mm-hmm. That's our goal is, is to pay for ourselves. We have, we've had clients say to us, well, I can't really afford a CFO, but in a lot of ways you can't afford not to have a CFO mm-hmm. because you, you have all this stuff going on in your business that you're not paying attention to. Right. And because you're, you're not getting the data in a format that you can take action from it, you know, mm-hmm. you, it would take you time to go in and, do all the analysis we do, and, and maybe you don't even know what to an- analyze. But because we've worked with so many different companies, we we can we know where to go, where where the money could be being wasted, and you know we help bring that money to the table. I had a I had a that call I had this morning with the fellow that's going to sign up with us. He he did ask me at the meeting. He said, "Hey, you know, I I don't really know what a CFO does. You know, can you explain mm-hmm. how you're how question. you're going to help me?" But he's ready to sign up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a very good question because a lot of times. Clients actually hire us and they don't know, you know, but they're kind of giving us a tryout. But it, it's all about um, making that, you know, there's data that is that is sitting there being unused that needs to be used. And, uh, you know, our goal is to be, to be to do this for as many companies as we can, because we know that we if we can help American business owners be more efficient, that's good for the country. Right. You know, it makes us it makes us competitive where. Right now, there's just all this inefficiency and waste because people are running their business, you know, based on their gut instinct and not using any data. It's right. kind of crazy. And there's nobody to help them. There's the CPA can't help them. Um, their banker's not going to help them. Their lawyer's not going to help them. Their insurance person. There's who's who's going to help these people? Right. You know, run their business with data. You know, and the mm-hmm. data, data, data. Somebody once told me numbers don't lie. You know, the numbers are the numbers. So. Mm-hmm. If you think, hey, I'm, I'm really doing great, but at the end of the day, you're not making any money, <laughs> then right. you know you need to you need to have somebody help you with that, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. Well, I always tell people it's you know it, 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 it's tricky when you're the especially when you're starting out in business because we somehow think we have to do it all, and if we don't, there's something wrong with us. Well, pfft, you know that's that's poppycock because nobody knows it all, and so I tell people it's like managing your health. You know, you have the general practitioner, you've got a specialist here, a specialist there, a specialist there. And, you know, you rely on them to have that knowledge. Um, you know, I'm, I, yeah, we do go to Dr. Google a lot, um, but we still know, hopefully, in, you know, when to say, I need, I actually need to have somebody else do this, um, you know, and, 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 and of course we see with, with our own health, when we self-diagnose, eh, a lot of times we get it wrong. Um, and so we need to do the same thing with our businesses. We need the CPA, we need the business attorney, we we need a somebody who's in charge of sales, and we need that CFO. I mean, I, I always say, and I think it's true, is that every company has three major functions. Mm-hmm. Every company. So you know, a lot of times we'll we'll interview with a company, and they'll say, <clears throat> "Have you ever done anything in the you know in making soda pop?" Mm-hmm. Which we, which I have actually, but this is an example. Well, no, no, but every company has three major functions. Right. One is sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. So you're out there trying to gather, get clients or customers, mm-hmm. and you're spending some money mm-hmm. to attract somebody to do your brand. Mm-hmm. And then you get the order. Then there's operations. So now you have to make a product or service, or deliver a service, or mm-hmm. make a product and give it to the customer. And it has to be done with efficiency and quality. And you know, satisfaction to the customer. Mm-hmm. And then the third major part of your company is finance and accounting. That's where all the money comes together. Right. And but most 
most entrepreneurs don't don't think about a finance and accounting as something mm-hmm. important that they should be spending any money on. They want to spend as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really tragic because that it's it's really where all the rubber meets the road. That's where the that's where the dollars and cents are. Right. I mean, you know, by spending as little as possible, you're you're go back to my airplane example, you're flying blind with no instrumentation. And you and you have all these people counting on you to to provide you know money for them to pay their mortgages and have a have a nice life and you know you're failing them because you're not paying attention to your data. Right, it's, it's, it's just tragic. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love that you talk about it needs to be forward thinking. Um, yeah, we do need to know what we did in the past because if you don't, you don't have any place to start. But you know, if we're not thinking. Okay, here's when I want to. Here's where I want to be a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. You know, whatever the the numbers are, it, it's kind of like your you know your marketing goals. If you don't have goals, how do you know when you reach it? Um, you know, and and same thing with with financial. You know, if you don't have that <clears throat> blueprint in place, you know, it's it it really you don't know when you get there. More importantly, you might have detoured. You might have crashed. Um, so it is so important to to be thinking about. You know, what What do I want to be when I grow up? What do we want this business to be a year, five years, 10 years from now? Well, the you know, the funny thing is most entrepreneurs are really good at that part. You know, mm-hmm. I, Jim, I want to have, you know, I want to double my sales in mm-hmm. next year or right. within the next three. But is but it part doable? But the part they have, the part they don't have is the blueprint. You know, they don't have the plan mm-hmm. for how they're going to go from where they are today to there, mm-hmm. you know, and um we always start back to like we start with a three-year goal. Like, we're, what do we want to see three years from now for mm-hmm. working together with the company? And you know, let's say they say we want to double. Well, then we say, okay, well, then year two, you know, year two, what does it look like? And year one, what should we do? And then the next ninety days, what should we do? So what we're doing is building accountability. We're building. Well, is there is this a is this really possible? Number mm-hmm. one. You know, and, or we, you may end up saying, well, you know, maybe doubling is way too aggressive. We should maybe think about 50% growth mm-hmm. or something, you know, so it's all, it's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're going to have a 90 day plan. You know, um, my, my, uh, we have a marketing assistant and she knows, knows what we do and everything. And she came up with this concept recently, which was awesome. It said, you'd have no accountability in your business without strong accounting. So mm. by having a plan that you say, here's what we're going to do over the next 90 days and define goals, mm-hmm. you're, you're establishing accountability right. to for the people in the company, the salesperson, mm-hmm. the operations person, mm-hmm. even the finance person of mm-hmm. how we're going to run this business, you know, and on a short-term basis in order to achieve the longer-term mm-hmm. goal. It's, um, there's another thing I saw recently, you know, where having having a goal without a plan is a wish and a hope or something like that. Right. I think that's really true. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and the, every every entrepreneur has has can tell you what their long term goals are in terms of dollars and cents, mm-hmm. but not not in terms of what the plan is to get there. Right. That's my well, opinion. And and of course, a lot of them have those goals. And, you know, in, in the marketing world, a lot of times we call them BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. And so they might say, I want to make a million dollars or whatever, but they really have absolutely no idea if it's even possible, let alone how to get there. It just sounds good. I want to make a million dollars, right? You know, I want to, you know, there's all these. And, and so they have their dreams, but they don't have that, that plan, like you said. Right. 
you know, and, and I think I mean, we saw, yeah, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the plan incorporates, um, you know, saying a plan is, you know, is, is a cool name, cool word, mm-hmm. but the plan incorporates, do you have the right people? Mm-hmm. Are they in the right roles? Do you have the right processes? Do you have the right products and services? Right. Um, are you, you know, are you, where do you stand within, with the competition? Mm-hmm. There's a, the plan incorporates a lot of dynamics that could affect your ability to achieve the goal that mm-hmm. need to be um, need to be part of it, part of the plan. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it's important to look at all aspects of that. So, for example, if you wanted to double your sales, but your sales department sales departments is underperforming, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you better start thinking about what you're going to do to improve, improve mm-hmm. your, you know, right. maybe, maybe you maybe need to mm-hmm. improve the processes of the sales mm-hmm. department, or you may need to change out the people, or maybe you need to do more advertising online, or there's got to be, if you're underperforming, you're not growing to, at a rate that gets you to where you want to get to, mm-hmm. then something's got to give. Mm-hmm. And so that's all part of the plan is, is looking at all the dynamics of what has to happen in order for the plan to be achieved mm-hmm. and identifying if there's any issues that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, profitability roadmap or mm-hmm. blueprint. Right. You know, and, and I think obviously COVID forced a lot of that to happen. Um, you know, there's, there's no way we could have planned for that. Now I am a firm believer that businesses should plan for a crisis. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, I used to do crisis management planning. So I'm, I'm like you, I'm biased. Um, and so you should plan on, okay, what happens if the power goes off for a week or, you know, your chief salesperson heals over dead or, or whatever. I mean, you know, you, you should plan for those type of crises. I mean, yeah, nobody plans for COVID. I mean, that just, that's out of the realm of, of anybody's knowledge. But at the same point, I think it really did, obviously it exposed a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I was talking with a person who owned a restaurant and they've actually survived. They did well. They survived. They were able to go into delivery. They they built a drive through window, all sorts of things. But, you know, they really sat down and took a hard look at everything. They had to. You know, they, they came to the realization quickly that this is something that's going to be with us for a, a year. <laughs> that was, you know, two years ago. Um, yeah. But, you know, one of the things that they looked at, and and you see this a lot of times with kind of your supply, wh- whatever you're doing, um, they looked at their menu and they had this menu that had everything anybody could ever possibly want to order from them. And because their system was computerized, they were able to go back through and go, okay, what are the top 30 things that people order? That's what we're going to sell. You know, these things that are nice to have on the menu, you know, that, you know, all of those. No, you know, if if people aren't going to order them, don't have them on the menu. More importantly, don't have the supplies to be making them. You know, it's, it's one thing if it's, you know, cheese that you can put on anything, but, you know, knowing all those things. And they said that really was one of the things they did. They had a 20 page menu and now they have a two page menu, you know, and, and nobody's complained. Nobody's fussed. You know, and, and they said, yeah, can we still do some special order things? Yes, but there's a cost to it. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think COVID really did make businesses kind of whatever size they were, sit down and think, okay, you know, we, we really need to rethink what's going on here. I mean, 100%. So, I mean, I, I can give you lots of examples, but I'm wondering, one example, when you said all that, that takes me back to the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. in 2008 and um 
So at that time, I was doing what I do today. And but a lot of the, a lot of my banker friends would say, Jim, can you do turnaround services? Can you go in and help companies that are in financial distress? And so I, I did. I did a lot of projects like that. And I actually got certified as a turnaround professional, uh, which is only like 200 certified turnaround professionals in the U.S. But where I'm going with that is uh, as part of that, I had to take a test and get trained in how to be a good turnaround person. And one thing I one thing they taught you is that the number one reason why companies get in trouble is is weak management. Mm. So you think like, okay, well, that's obvious, right? What, mm-hmm. what is weak, but what is weak management? Weak management is right. not what having any mean? kind of plan, mm-hmm. planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weak management is, you know, just going along to get along and not really running your business like a business. And it, you know, when things like that happen, you know, there's things, other things that happen because of not, I don't know if it's necessary because of COVID, but another mm-hmm. big thing that happened last year is supply chain. Mm, People right. couldn't get their products because they were coming across the water and it was used to take 20 days, 26 days. Now it takes 96 days or 106 days. And you have to pay for the product when it leaves the manufacturing, right. but it's sitting yeah. on the and water. It's and it's sitting somewhere. <laughs> and so when all that, when all those things happen, and, you know, business is not predictable. Mm-hmm. Business is not, you come in there every day and it's all, everything's always the same. You have to be ready to, um, you have to have a plan so that when something happens that you can sit down and look at the plan and see how it is going to be affected. Right. You know, and a good example of that is cash forecasting. So if you don't have a good cash forecast and all of a sudden that happens, mm-hmm. you don't, you have to realize how is that going to impact my cash? Maybe I need to borrow more money, get a bigger line of credit from the bank because mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pay for all those, these products mm-hmm. that I won't have to sell for months. You know, it's mm-hmm. extending out my supply chain time. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point is that weak man, going back to the, the, the thing I learned is that, you know, it's not because you were inefficient in your manufacturing or you mm-hmm. didn't have a good product is because you were, you are a weak manager that you mm-hmm. get in trouble mm-hmm. and weak managers are people that just, you know, don't do any planning coming right. every day and think that things are just going to continue on the same the way they've been they, for years. They have the hope and prayer. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they hope that it's I mean, going to work and they the pray that, that it I works out. During that time, they were family owned businesses that, you know, the world had changed on them and they didn't change with it. And they got, they got, excuse my language, screwed mm-hmm. and lost their business, you know, right. and it was sad, but mm-hmm. it's just, it was really their fault for not being, not running their business properly. Right. You know, and, and how many businesses are hoping that that next big deal is going to come through? You know, it's, you've been mentioning all along, you know, this, this client, you know, he's not going to be 95% of your business, um, you know, you 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 plan accordingly. But how many times do we see businesses that really do think that next big one? I'm going to get. We're going to sign them. Um, you know, I learned long ago that, especially you know, for for businesses like what I do, you have to be very careful about how big somebody is. Um, you know, if they're if they're fifty percent of your business, maybe even you know less than that, but. But if they're a good sized portion of your business and they go away, you know, you're, you're, you're screwed. I mean, that's, you know, and, and I, I saw that happen. I worked for uh, an agency one time and we had this great client, loved them. Had, you know, they had been with the, the agency for many, many years. And I mean, we didn't even negotiate the contract every year. It was just rolled forward, rolled forward, um, you know, and, and then they got a new director of marketing who didn't like us and we were out the door. I mean, you know, it was, they gave 30 days notice. That was it. 
And, you know, we were in serious trouble because that was a very large portion of their business. And they, they yeah. honestly never could make it up. Well, they should have had a plan, you know, because whenever a bank looks at giving you a loan, they look to see what they call customer concentration. Right. And if you have mm-hmm. one big customer like that, mm-hmm. you better have you better have a plan how you're going to survive if you lose that customer, mm-hmm. which most people don't. <laughs> My first client when well, I moved well, here we're from buddies, Michigan. We're buddies, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me tell you this story. My first client when I moved here from Michigan was during the recession, and it was a company that that managed the collectible department at Walmart hmm. across the country. So baseball cards, trading uh-huh. cards, um, all kinds of collectibles. Mm-hmm. And uh, they lost the contract with Walmart, which was eighty-eight oh. percent of their sales. Oh! And so the bank called me up, and, and you know this company's in big trouble. They lost. They just lost their biggest customer, mm-hmm. and we, this is probably going to be a liquidation. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I met with the client mm-hmm. and um, I said, you know, hey, guys, what are we going to do? And they said, well, you know what, Jim, be honest with you, we used to make money off of Walmart, but they they're so uh, chintzy over the time. I don't think we were making any money on Walmart anyway. <laughs> so maybe we can create a company mm-hmm. out of the 12 percent of customers that are left that actually is profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, Interesting. let's let's. Uh, my, my point is that they should probably already have known that. Right. But, you know, yeah, they should have been. I mean, a, why are you spending plan. all that time even doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they didn't have me or somebody like me helping them, you know, think through all the different mm-hmm. things that could happen. They they were in a they they didn't really know. They didn't even know if they were making money on Walmart, which they should know. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we um we did a plan and we mm-hmm. put it forward to the bank and they allowed us to continue operating and it's still in business today. The company's still, wow. still around. So very yeah, cool. It's pretty cool. I but they it. lost 88% of their sales. Think of that. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's incredible. But but yeah, if if it if it wasn't doing what it needed to be doing, then I mean, for one thing, it needed to be gone. Um, that's the thing. You know, I yeah. I I always tell them, you know, tell people that you know, there are clients that it doesn't matter, you know, you just don't want to work with them. You know, things have gotten, you know, maybe they never were good, you know, all those various things. Um, you know, and, and so why still be working with them? Um, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and that's where it's painful to think, okay, it, it, you know, they bring in 80% of our business. I can get over not liking them, but you know, really that's, that's something to be looking at. The, the current example of that is Amazon. So Amazon, everybody sells through Amazon because they're the big kahuna, right? Yeah. But most people don't really understand how much money they make off of Amazon mm-hmm. because there's so many deductions and chargebacks mm-hmm. and they send you these cryptic, um, you know, memos and they take money. You, you, you think you're going to get a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and they send you a check for 80. Right. And then they send you these cryptic mm-hmm. reports. So you have no idea what they're doing mm-hmm. that, that, you know, but you don't have time to go and analyze that because you're too busy, you know, right. selling you're still more fulfilling. Products. You're doing it. It's, it's kind of like when we and got that, very making people. money, but you have no idea what they're doing, you know, yeah. or how much money you're actually yeah. making from all. Well, and, and you don't know if you can make adjustments. I mean, all of those things, it's, it's like, you know, way back when we got our very first paycheck, remember we get this very first paycheck and, and we're thinking I made a thousand dollars. But wait a minute, this is taken out and this is taken out and this is taken out. Ah! You know, and all of a oh, sudden yeah. you've got $750, you know, if you were lucky I out of that, that thousand. Today when I get my paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, all I those still deductions. Have that today when I, mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah, and like, I think I businesses. I, made, yeah. I only get why. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's and we forget, you know, like like we've been saying that all of those other things play into it. Um, you know, it's not just that you have A, you sell it for B, you've got C. No, there's a whole nother alphabet that's that's you know really under the the, the layers there. Yeah. And you better be taking that, you better have that data in front of you when you price out how much you're gonna sell your product for. Mm-hmm. Right. And most people don't, by the way. Most no. people just Yeah. Well, and that is, you know, when, when I, I talk to by golly, but yeah, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, you know, one of the things that, that we talk to people about <coughs> is how to price their product, um, you know, and, and of course, the, the one of the first things that so many people say is, well, my competitor prices it at this. I haven't done it quite as long, so I can't charge as much. And so I'm going to charge and they really, yeah, they have no idea how they got those numbers. It was just. They plucked them out of thin air. Right. Uh, we have we have a client. They manufacture uh, products that are used by the Navy, mm. and um, the Navy came in and did an audit of the how much they were charging for the products, and we mm. found out that a lot of the products we were selling at less than our cost. Oh. To make it, so the result of the audit was we were able to charge more money to the Navy. Ooh. But 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 we should have known that you know. Mm. We should have known that we were. We should have had. We should have had better cost accounting to know that you know these products. We need to up the price because right. we're, we were losing on all mm-hmm. these products. Mm-hmm. They they were again looking at the bigger picture. Hey, we're making money. You know, mm-hmm. we make money every month. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And not getting into the details, which is super important. Right. Right. Well, one of the things that your company does is a profitability roadmap. Tell us what that is and, and kind of walk us through that. But don't, don't give everything away because we want people to actually call you. But but tell us what a profitability yeah. roadmap is. Well, I mean, we've touched on it in our discussion already, but um, I'm going to say something. I'm going to paraphrase something. I, I don't think this is the exact quote, but um, I always quote Henry Ford mm-hmm. once said, a business of a business is making a profit. You know, the, so the business of a business isn't making diapers or mm-hmm. selling cars or right. it's to make money. Yeah, because you, you know, have to be able to continue day, doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't make money, you're at some point you're going to go out of business because, you know, you can't survive if you're not profitable. Mm-hmm. And But most companies, when they think of doing their planning, they don't start with profit, you know, and um we have a client as an example. They're, they're a software as a service company. They provide a service over the internet for mm-hmm. um, uh, companies to manage their employee database. And um, they do their before we got involved. They would do their planning every year, and um, they would they would pick a number. But in, at the end of the day, when they got to the end of the year, they were always they never made their number. And um, the reason was because they were they were spending money without, you know, keeping track of what their budget was and they were spending money. But beyond that, they didn't take profit, for, you know, make the profit the most important part of the mm-hmm. budget to say, you know, we, we want to make a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. And as we go down the road, you know, things are going to change every month. We have to be looking at that. Mm-hmm. But the, that's the thing that's not going to change. We're not going to give up profit. We're, just, mm-hmm. we're if we if we get to, you know, the halfway through the year and we've only made 400,000, then we got to figure out how we're going to make 600,000, which means we may have to cut costs mm-hmm. or we, we may have to, um, you know, sell more of this or some, some more of that and make, make more margin. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, our, our, we're, the only thing that is uh, non-negotiable is that we're going to make that million dollars. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's a, there's a book called Profit First. It, it has that same concept. Mm-hmm. Well, most business owners, especially for small business owners, they're, they're not really managing profit. They're mm-hmm. just um, managing their, what comes mm-hmm. in and what goes out and not, not thinking about, you know, I, the, the Profit First book gives you kind of a uh, maybe a hard example to follow. Mm-hmm. But what they say is every dollar you collect, you put 20 cents away in a savings account because oh, mm-hmm. you can't spend that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same idea. By having a profitability roadmap, we're we're taking our client. We're actually justifying our existence because we're taking the client from making seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. to making a million two. Mm-hmm. Because now we've created a plan that was way over and above what their plan was to mm-hmm. to get to that diff- incremental profit. Right. It's what we call the profitability roadmap. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you were talking about, I thought you know one of the the most basic things is kind of the most basic initial statement. You know, if somebody says, hey, Jim, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, that's great. But is that a million dollars profit or is that a million dollars and then you got a 1.2 million in expenses that has to come out? And I think that's right. where people miss out. You know, they just say, hey, I want to make a million dollars and they forget that there's that other piece in between. Yeah, they, what people typically say, you know, and I've working with hundreds of companies again, they say the sales number, you know, we, we want to do 10 million in 2022 Uh or 20 million in Uh 2023 or whatever it is, but they don't say we want to make a million dollars in 2022 Uh because, but it should start there and go backwards, but they always start at the top and then whatever, whatever, whatever costs, you know, sift out at the end, they make if we, as long as we made a profit, we're happy. Right. I have a client right now. They're, um, they're a, um, uh, professional service organization mm-hmm. and um, they showed me their budget for next year. They, this year they made 500,000 and they're going to make, mm-hmm. they're going to sales are going to go up like 3 million mm-hmm. and their, their bottom line is only going to go up a hundred grand. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. not a good point. I, 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 no, that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> because, well, you know, because we're doing this and we're doing that and like, well, you know, that's not good. We're not doing that. We, you know, we have to, we have to make more money than that. Mm-hmm. If we're taking on this risk to hire all these people and um, let lease more office space and get all these computers for people and all this other stuff, then we have to, we have to be accountable to having a, you know, it'd be like if you're a publicly traded company, you have, you're accountable to your shareholders to deliver a proper return on their investment. But, you know, it should be the same thing for a private company. If you're going to invest money in something, you should show up on the bottom line somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny. I always have a discussion when I'm talking with nonprofits. Um, you know, I tell them nonprofit doesn't mean no profit. <laughs> you, they still have to make yeah. money or they can't do what it is that they want to do. Um, you know, years ago, I, I actually started my career in public relations at the American Cancer Society. Fabulous organization, especially to learn how to how to be doing what I wanted to do. And at that point, they were in the top five, probably of nonprofits in the world. Um, I mean, you know, they just they were gigantic. And I mean, and there were millions of dollars that went through them. But there were also, you know, a lot of expenses that came back out, um, you know, and, and but it, it was it was always interesting when people would go, well, well now, wait a minute. You know, and, and we always told people, you know, if you're uh, my I was a communications person there. And so one of my goals was to show, OK, if you donate a dollar, here's what actually comes out of that. And, you know, and, and because, you know, the dollar was not going towards a cancer patient. 
it was, you know, there were the expenses that came out, all those various things. And so you, you, you know, you didn't want to come out in the hole, obviously, but you, you still wanted to have some money going to the cancer services, but you needed to understand there were a lot of other things that were in there. Um, but yeah, no profit doesn't mean, you know, non or nonprofit doesn't mean no profit. They got to have money. We all have to have right. money. Doesn't matter what we do. We have to, we have bills we have yeah. to pay too, right? I mean, they're they're managing to a bottom line of zero, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, but like you know, like you said, but if they actually really did that, then they probably would run out of money. It's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you always have to be airied on the side of caution mm-hmm. with respect to um, making sure that mm-hmm. you're you have money to run the company. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and there, you know, I think that's one of the other things that people lose track of is what are their future expenses? Um, you know, I, I talked to, to several people who got themselves in binds because they took the, the, the loans that were offered, you know, in, over the, over COVID. And then I have to pay it back. What do you mean I have to pay it back? Um, you know, and, yeah. and, but then I had, I had another friend who now she is probably one of the most absolute practical people in the world. And she got one of the loans, but she put it in a totally separate bank account. I mean, it really was, if we absolutely positively have to have it, we will use it. Time came, they wrote the check, they paid it back off. Um, and they never had to dip into it, but it was kind of that, that little, you know, mad money fund. But yeah, she, she knew, you know, it was, it was, it was not, it was not monopoly money. You know, I think that's what a lot of people are. Oh, look, it's free money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's no such thing as free money. I know. Or free lunch. It's been <laughs> or, long ago. I, lunch, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a, a political science professor and she was a little different, let's just say. Um, and she would come in and she had this long flowing cape and she'd come busting into the class and she would say, Tom Stoffel. And we'd look at her and, and she would say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And, and she was right. Um, you know, there, there really isn't. There's somewhere, there's a, a price to pay, a hitch, a catch, um, you know, something. But yeah, it's, there's never a free lunch. I tell people that on Facebook when they're posting that, hey, if I post this, I can win a million dollars. No. <laughs> they, there's something yeah. in there they wanted. Right. Right. Well, yeah, there's always a catch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if it's just that they want your mailing address, your email address, so they can send you, send you things. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a catch to everything, um, you know, and, and that's not being cynical. That's being rational, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, it goes back to, you know, when we were little bitty kids, you know, I might give you my sandwich, but I'm wanting another sandwich in return. <laughs> so. All right. right. Exactly. Well, Jim, we've only got about five minutes left. Um, and so I want to know more about what Blueprint CFO does specifically for their clients. Uh, so good question. Uh, the first step we do is what we call the discovery assessment, where mm-hmm. we come in and, and analyze how the company is performing. Okay. Um, and we look, do a three-year three look back. So. Mm-hmm. That gives us an idea of how, if it's growing, if it's not growing, uh, if profitability is increasing or decreasing, mm-hmm. uh, if their costs are, you know, skyrocketing <laughs> and they're not managing their costs. So we, what we do is kind of create um, a benchmark for the future in terms okay. of how the company is currently doing. Mm-hmm. The other thing we do is we assess the accounting department. So 
there's maybe things that are being done in the accounting department that could be automated and made, made more efficient. Mm. You, know, you know, a very good example of one is we, we have clients that like to write print out checks and paper checks. You were mentioning checks before. Mm -hmm. uh, most payments today are made in an automated way through right. an ACH mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if, if you're not doing that, you're, you know, you're, got, you're doing a paper check and putting it on somebody's desk and they're mm -hmm. signing it and you've got and to it might put get it in lost. Mm -hmm. put a stamp on it and take it to the post office. You know, remember the old days when you went to the grocery store and everybody wrote their, wrote a check for their, I for know. Their, uh, I think I write two checks day. a year now. <laughs> today, when, today when people, you do that, you're just like, you're slowing down the line. What oh, are yeah. you doing? Oh you yeah. Know? And they're I, like, I'm in a hurry. Yeah. Credit card in there, lady, mm -hmm. you know, but we're even paying cash. But um, anyway, so there, there's what things that we come up with to help make reduce the accounting expenses because mm -hmm. we're accounting experts. Right. So that, that's kind of a cool side, side note of what we do. Mm -hmm. So we present this plan after it's usually a 30 day period. We mm -hmm. go through the wood, the discovery assessment and we present a, a report to the company in mm -hmm. terms of how we see things and where there's we see there's opportunities to improve mm -hmm. the business. And some of that comes through interviews with the management team mm -hmm. where they, they will tell us, you know, hey, I th think we should, could be doing better at this part of the business or that part of the business. Mm -hmm. So that that is good input for us to help create the plan of the future, because mm -hmm. if there if there are issues that need to be resolved or, you know, problems that are emerging that aren't being addressed, then that has to be put into the plan. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the next step. So the next 30 days is creating the plan. And then after that, every month. We, we present, we prepare the monthly financial statements. Mm -hmm. We make sure they're right. Because mm -hmm. the first thing that happens if they're not right is when you get in a meeting and say, hey, here's how the, here's how the numbers came out mm -hmm. for November. And people say, well, that's not right. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, this or that's. We still have that's money in the bank. Stopper. So it <laughs> has to be, you know, a good example is sales. You know, the salesman will say, I've sold a million dollars last mm -hmm. month. Well, mm -hmm. okay, you you sold, you, you sold some of that actually was in the month before and mm -hmm. some of it was in the and month after. And some of after, it's so the promised. Actual mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not really, yeah, you haven't got the sign deal yet, but mm -hmm. you sold a million dollars. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody agreeing that the numbers we present are the numbers and that, okay. you know, there's no discussion is a good mm -hmm. starting point. And then we, we meet every month with the client to go mm -hmm. through their numbers and we create a custom report that has a lot of charts and graphs mm -hmm. and, and identifies their key performance indicators. Mm -hmm. So it goes way at the very back of the book, there's a, maybe 15 pages of this report. Mm -hmm. It's customized for each client. And of in course. the back is the balance sheet and income statement, which mm -hmm. we used to get, which has now become obsolete because nobody right. wants to look mm -hmm. at all those numbers, mm -hmm. you know, because now they've got, now they've got this year versus mm -hmm. last year, this year versus year to date this year versus year to date last year, right. this year versus budget your date this year versus mm -hmm. budget. So it's all really good. I and mean, we spend an hour, at least an hour every with every client walking them through the book. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting to me because they're just fascinated by it because mm -hmm. they've never seen this data like this before. Mm -hmm. And they, they, um, people that don't even like accounting, they just, they love talking about all these different right. things that are, we're presenting. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's been a, a mind blower for me in terms of getting people engaged with mm -hmm. managing their business better. And, mm -hmm. and, know um, paying attention to their numbers mm -hmm. so after that after we had that meeting out of that comes a bunch of notes that we make about you know here's here's why we didn't achieve our budget in this month and so here's the things that we're going to do to improve the future and that gets built baked into the forecast so that next time we come back we have a revised forecast so the, the forecast is not static it's it's um what do you call that 
you know, iterative okay. as we go through mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be- because of things happen like COVID, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have a client right now. They're, they're, they have 10 people that got sick on COVID two weeks ago. So how does that affect, you know, the, and there's a manufacturing company. So how does that affect whether they're able to achieve their um, their goals or not? Right. So. And then it spirals. I mean, you know, that's that's the yeah. thing a lot of people don't get is, okay, well, you know, we were supposed to produce 100 widgets. We only produced 50. What does that do? Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's all it, that's what we call it future based accounting, because basically we want to learn from the past and apply those lessons to the future. But most most accounting departments stop with the, you know, the documenting what happened in the past and don't think about the future. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the cool part is, mm-hmm. is thinking about how you can make everything better. Right. You know, how you can make that million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without doing that, you're mm-hmm. you're at the you know the whim of the market basically, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're not you're not controlling your own destiny. Mm-hmm. Let's say right. let's say that. Now, can you do this virtually with folks, or do you need to to meet with them in person? So pre-COVID, we met in person. <laughs> um, many of my clients, I would go once a week to their mm-hmm. office and be there on Thursday afternoon or mm-hmm. Tuesday morning. Uh, when COVID hit, everybody said, "Well, you know, we can't have you come to the office." Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of was a, um, a eye opener for us because we found out we could be way more efficient mm-hmm. working remotely. Oh, just the commute time right, we, that you saved probably was incredible. Especially in California, mm-hmm. the, you know, the mm-hmm. commute is horrible. So um, we were able to be much more efficient, deliver a lot more value to the client, and we would have just like we're having a, a Zoom meeting where it's just like you're sitting across the table mm-hmm. from each other and present data, and uh, it was everything was great. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Will we go back to meeting face to face? I don't. I, I suppose a, a bit. Yeah, a combination probably. Everybody, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everybody recognizes that um, this is a good way to, to do mm-hmm. things too. Right. I love it. Well, again, your company name is Blueprint CFO, and so it's at blueprintcfo.com. How do people reach you? Uh, so you can call, uh, there's an 800 number on our website, okay. uh, or you'll, you can email me at Jim, J I M at blueprintcfo.com. And I'd love to, to chat with anybody about their business and what challenges they're facing and see if there's a, something that we could do to, to get them the data they need to solve those issues and move forward and make more money. So easy. I love it. I, I love I, it. We love talking. With, I, every time I get a new client, it's fun because we get to learn, you know, a oh, whole new thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just fascinating. It's what, I was a CFO for a company for uh, 15 years mm-hmm. after I became a CFO, after I left CPA. And um, what I found was every day I was going to the same place doing the same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really love the variety in my job of, of thinking about different businesses and, you know, how, how the dynamics of that industry are different than the dynamics of another industry and, you know, how that plays out with respect mm-hmm. to the future. Yeah, that's Pretty why cool. I like agency work. Same thing. Well, Jim, this has been absolutely yeah. fascinating. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Pay attention to your data. <laughs> yeah. Don't run your business like that airplane pilot with no instrumentation. <laughs> you know, make sure that your accounting department is getting you the data you need to, to make good decisions. And uh, don't settle for less because great accounting pays for itself. I love it. I love it. Well, I've been having a wonderful discussion with Jim Downs of Blueprint CFO. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. 
Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.